on this episode. I signed a seven-year contract right. to be Mrs. Brady. And the Friday before shooting Monday, all the little girls were chosen to look like me. And I went in Friday to show the wardrobe. For two weeks, a limousine arrived at the front door. All the neighbors looked out their window. And I got in the limousine, drove off, went to all the best shops in Beverly Hills. From the coveted corner booth in a little bar in the center of the Coachella Valley universe, welcome to another big conversation with Patrick Evans and Randy Florence. Gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Big Conversations Little Bar. My name is Patrick Evans and I'm joined by my co-host, my weekly steadfast almost irreplaceable co-host Randy Flores almost god <laughs> one week we're gonna not have that word in I, there I know I felt like the so qualifier was necessary yep. it is so nice to be back here at Skip Page's Little Bar the center of the Coachella Valley Universe and home of the best $10 cheeseburger it's $11 cheeseburger it, I guarantee it's the best $11 cheeseburger <laughs> and we're just delighted to have everybody join us I'm especially excited about today's guest because she's been a friend for a long time she's one of the most familiar voices you're ever going to hear and one of the most familiar faces you're ever going to see. So I'm really looking forward to having this conversation with Joyce Bullifant. Joyce, thanks for ah, being here. Thank you. I love this place. I haven't been here. I'm already so thrilled to just have you sitting across from me. This is really cool. Thanks oh, for really? being here. I'm happy yeah. to be. Thank you for asking me. Yeah, this is a really cool little place. Skip Page, who owns the bar, kind of made it the way he wanted to. And he's, it's not it. for business. It's not for profit. Somebody came in one day and they were at the bar and they they asked for something out of the menu and somebody said, we're out of it. And they got kind of upset and he looked at him and said, well, you should have been here earlier. <laughs> like so that tells you everything like you need it. to know about That's Little great. Bar. That's great. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm so, looking at all the wallpaper with all the wonderful things. These are all the shows that Skip produced or was a part of when he was at Golden Voice, which, you know, created Coachella and Stagecoach. Oh he was uh, one of the big wigs and really the kind of the inventor of the big music festival here in Southern California. Wow, that's a big deal. So he produced, a, and if you go into the restroom, he has blown up versions of all of the tickets oh of God. all of the events that he went to over the years. You should record I, I, from in there. <laughs> it may be the next stop. It may be the next stop. Thank goodness we have a fantastic guest because, you know, it's it's keeping the quality of the podcast up. <laughs> oh, I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> Well, you invited Joyce. Let's get us started. Okay. Well, I did invite Joyce because uh, now I've had the pleasure of having Joyce on Eye on the Desert several times, many times. Many times. But I've actually had a chance to perform on stage with you. Which, yes, I love oh, that. Man. I didn't want to sing by myself. Oh. So I asked Patrick to sing with we, me. We've and sung he's it. really good. <laughs> Mediocre at best. But uh, What did you <laughs> sing? Well, what we're do doing sing? the song, oh, Hey Old Friend. We're going to sing for a Tools Tomorrow event, which is February 26th. But uh, we sang at some event, and I don't remember. Was it I'll Be Seeing You? I think it was I'll Be Seeing You. It may be. Uh, we yeah, did that I once. think it was. But we, we did uh, a terrific show that your late husband, Roger, wrote. And you know what? We're going to do a full production of it this Christmas coming. Oh. Isn't that exciting? Tell people about that show. Well, what can I tell you about it? It was, um, Roger and I did every two-character play that you can possibly do. <laughs> and every two-character musical. Love letters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> and it was all to raise money for an advocacy center for abused children in Colorado. And after six years, 
we raised enough money and and the county built us a building. Wow. And it's grown, so it's called the River Bridge in Colorado. And um, so we ran out of two-character plays. <laughs> so once uh, there's an old hotel called the, Ho- the Hotel Colorado, and it has the most incredible history of uh, people staying there. It was a summer uh, White House for Teddy Roosevelt. Wow. The teddy bear, the name for the teddy bear happened there with a story around that. Al Capone stayed there. Molly Brown stayed there. Tom Mick stayed there. And this is a play. We always would go there and we'd say, this hotel has such history, such a story, what it's been through. It was a hotel for the rich and famous from Aspen to, to go into the... Uh, the springs there, the hot springs there, and then it uh, evolved and it became a military hospital at one time. Then it was a school at one time, back to a hotel. What a history! It's, oh, that plus all the famous people that stay there. So I don't know how this happened, but in a summer, Roger wrote the music, I wrote the lyrics and the book. And it was pretty good, huh? And we're talking about your late husband, Roger Perry, who yeah. was a sweetheart. Yes. Uh, loved Roger. Uh, but yeah, I loved I, him more. <laughs> <laughs> but he was such a treasure. And I did not realize when I first got involved in, in doing that. What, what is the t- full title of the play? It's the Grand Old Dame. Grand because Old Dame. Because uh, that was the nickname for the hotel, Grand Old but. It sounds like there ought to be a documentary about that hotel. Oh, yeah. Well, come see the show. I plan on seeing the show. (laughs) The show really kind of goes through the history, but it's it's a full-blown musical. And Roger wrote all of the music, and I had no idea how, how... so talented he was and then Joyce writes all the lyrics and the songs are fantastic it's a great show but it was like a real treasure to actually appear on stage with you because of course I grew up watching you on the Mary Tyler Moore show you know, I'm tired of these old people coming up saying <laughs> I watched you when I was a little kid you know they come up with a gray beard and they say I watched you when I was a little kid <laughs> I gotta scratch out a few of my questions here <laughs> one of my favorite Favorite things to do, and this is a silly thing, but I'm sitting at home, and Joyce will be on any number of different pro. Frequently, it's airplane, and I'll I'll take a quick picture of Joyce in airplane and send it to her and say I'm watching you on airplane. <laughs> oh boy! Well, I did not want to do that movie. Why did you not want to do airplane? Are you kidding me? Well, let's get into it. I got the script. And I said, this doesn't make any sense. It looked like an immediate Oscar winner, right? No, I didn't think so. I said, you know, there are people coming down the baggage claim. I'm, t- I'm telling my then number three husband, I'm telling him, uh, William Asher was a big producer, writer, yeah. and director. And I said, honey, this doesn't make any sense. People are coming down the baggage. The plane goes through one gate to the next gate to the next gate. And the taxis are going up. It just doesn't make any sense. I don't want to do it. He said, you're an actress, you act. So, uh, he was right. I mean, you you do what you're given, and I I did, and during the shooting we were going up and down the aisles saying to each other, do you think this is funny? <laughs> and what did you think when you saw the final well, product? Howard Koch, who was the, the producer, his wife, Ruth Koch, 
we we commiserated with the idea that we didn't think it was very funny. <laughs> and for the screening, we sat next to each other. And we were going, oh, this is going to be a disaster. <laughs> oh, my God, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> and after two seconds of the film, people were falling on the floor laughing. I was one of them. I mean, isn't it amazing what you don't know? <laughs> <laughs> that movie, I mean, and I love... Leslie Nielsen and he was such a great serious actor and then he delved in and he had such great comedic timing Didn't he? and wit yeah uh, well and you think about the lines from that movie that people are still using today. Oh. I mean, don't call me Shirley I know you know I know <laughs> I can't look at Kareem Abdul-Jabbar anymore without <laughs> laughing <laughs> I'm sure he appreciates I'm that I'm sure I'll tell him well, that you, yes. but you also look at I mean you're in the film uh, the gal who plays your daughter was on the love boat. Isn't that funny? And, and she played she played my daughter in the, the Mary Tyler Moore show. No, on the airplane. Sorry, yeah, and, and, and Gavin's daughter on, on the love boat. On the love, on the love boat, boat. And, and on, we played husband and wife on the Mary Tyler Moore show. Oh, it's so incestuous. <laughs> <laughs> was that the only time that you and Gavin played husband and wife? I didn't think it was. Um, it may I, have been I theater. Yeah, I think it was. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, that's funny. We were just such good friends. Yeah. yeah. You guys were very close. Yes. And he was, talk about a dear, sweet human oh, being. Oh, my gosh. You know, when I, I was in Colorado, when I heard he went on to hospice, and I flew immediately, and he was in a hospital, just that first day in a hospital bed in uh, with Patty, his wife, in their apartment. And I leaned over the bed and gave him a kiss on the forehead. And he started, well, we did work together in the play that Roger and I wrote. Right. And he started singing the song oh. that he sings to me in the play. Oh. And I, it was very moving. He was such a sweet man. Mm-hmm. Let's, um, if you don't mind, I mean, for everybody, I'm fanning out right now, I just have to say, because I've known you from TV and the movies and the voice, oh. and I know that there's people listening to this right now that are saying, I know that voice. Let's talk at the, about the beginning. What, was, what got you into acting at the very beginning? This is going to sound corny as all get out, probably, but actually, to be very honest... Um, I was in foster care off and on growing up, and um, one year I got to live with my mother in third grade in Jacksonville, Florida, and nearby there was an orphanage, and I used to take my comic books and bubble gum. I couldn't read because I was dyslexic, but I looked at pictures, and I'd take them over there and give them to the kids, and I was just nine years old, and um, they'd say thanks, you know. And I thought, gosh, if I could be an actress like one of those people like Margaret O'Brien or Jane Powell, you probably don't know who they are. Uh, <laughs> well, Randy does. Right. <laughs> Jane Powell and I dated for a while. <laughs> wow. But if I could be like that and take my books and bubble gum, then they'd really be excited. And I, a big push, besides loving to go into a, a make-believe world, was to be able to give back, and and it's 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 happened, and and I mean how wonderful in my lifetime to be able to accomplish that goal. That's fantastic. But I mean, it does sound really corny, but that really is the the reason. Well, I suspect 
a lot of entertainers, there's something in the deep past yeah. that kind of drove them there. I mean, Patrick had a lot of problems early on. Oh, he still I've does. St- I've still got a lot. <laughs> the words right out of my mouth. The weather. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> what was one of your your very first acting gigs that that sort of put you on track? Um, put me on track to more success. Or, yeah. Um, that's an interesting question. I I think I. I graduated from the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, and I right away went into a Broadway play in a small role, and and then I did a series for David Susskind with Juicy Well, and Donna Michi and Polly Rolls. Donna Michi, Donna that's Mi- a name I know, from the past. How old am I? <laughs> <laughs> I know you were a child when you I worked with Donna Michi. I mean, right out of the nursery into children. And, and Don was already seventy-two. So. <laughs> So that sort of propelled that, and then I did something called Naked City, and um, and then. But wait a minute. Yes. You danced with Arthur Murray for ten years. Oh, I did that too. <laughs> Not for ten years though. No. But that was to make money for my upkeep going through the American Academy. And I danced not with him, but I was an Arthur Murray dancer Uh. in the background. And I would waltz around. And uh, I loved that at the old Ziegfeld Theater, which isn't there anymore. And I do remember my my to-be mother-in-law was Helen Hayes. And she said, Joyce... I can't see you dancing in the background. And uh, we're going to go shopping. I'm going to get you an evening gown that P.I. will be able to see you. Well, everybody wore pastel colors in the background because Arthur and Catherine Murray were in the front as the dancers whirled around the back, right? Helen bought me a beautiful dotted Swiss white background with giant orange, red, and blue flowers on it. And I put it on proudly, and at the end of the show, <laughs> Catherine and Arthur Murray came and said, Miss Bullethon, may we speak with you? And I said, yes, yes. You're never to wear that dress again. <laughs> That's all anyone could see whirling around behind us. Nobody's you know? looking at the stars. <laughs> I was whirling around in my new dress. So, I mean, you were... She was theater royalty. Yes, yeah. And you married James, her son, mm-hmm. who was best known, I would say, as, as Dano on Hawaii Five O. Yeah. Uh, and I got a chance to meet. He lived out here. Oh yeah, he did. Later yes. in his life, we lived within spitting distance. Oh, is that right? Yeah, spitting is a good thing. I'm not going to ask any a further stone questions. Throw. <laughs> <A> stone <laughs> That's better. <laughs> <laughs> But you guys were married for 10 years. Nine. Nine. But who's counting? <laughs> Give it take. I was. <laughs> Apparently. But that must have, I mean, you're breaking into theater, but here, your, your mother-in-law is this larger-than-life figure in theater. Was that a plus or a minus? Oh, I don't, I don't think it was either, really, because I looked at her strictly as Mrs. MacArthur, and that's what she wanted to be. Um, and, and I would go to Nyack, where they lived, Charles MacArthur and Helen Hayes together in Nyack, New York on the weekends. I was in boarding school. Jimmy was in boarding school. We met when we were 14. And oh he, he was a perfect jerk. <laughs> more, 
more jerk than perfect. <laughs> That's a great line. Since we've touched on the subject, let's yes. let's just dive right in. You wrote a book called My Four Hollywood Husbands. Isn't that embarrassing? So you've been married before. That is so... Well, I didn't pick the title. I love, you know, I love weddings. I really do. And I wanted to go to bed with these men, so I had to marry them. That's what you did. Well... Now, never mind. <laughs> well, that's what I Things did. I was very square. I'm still square. You know, I don't get very far these days. <laughs> but uh, actually, I had back surgery, and um, I had two rods put in and, and eight screws, and I figured it's one way to get screwed when you're 86. <laughs> When was the last time? Just last week. <laughs> Just last week. <laughs> it was my orthopedist. But <laughs> well, there could be so many rumors coming yeah, out of this podcast. A lot. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, the title was not my fault. The title was absolutely not my fault. Your or publisher this, picked or the title. This, no. no. Actually, it was going to be called Home Sweet Home, Where Is It? Because when I was 50, I sat down at the kitchen table and I thought, I'm going to think about how many places I've lived. And I had lived in 50 places in 50 years. Wow. I don't want to tell you how many I've lived at this point, but a lot more. And so the idea was Home Sweet Home, where is it? And that was going to be the book. And it was going to be very detailed about the homes I lived. I have incredible recall for things like that, to detail. And um, then I got a call one day from a friend who's an author, and he said, Joyce, I have the title for your book. And I said, what? He said, my four Hollywood husbands. I said, Bruce, that is disgusting. <laughs> that is, I would never, ever, ever title a book. I mean, it's, I can't think of anything more tacky. And I hung up, and I thought, it might sell books. <laughs> so so now I, then I thought, if I'm going in that direction, then I'm going to try to have it help people who've been through what I've been through, which was alcoholism. And I was a codependent person and just fed into that disease like like sugar. You know, I just was, I did all the wrong things. Mm. And it wasn't until Marriott Hartley gave me a book called The Co-Alcoholic. And each page as I turned it, I went, oh, that's me. Oh, I do that. Oh, my, look at that. And I realized that I was part of the problem. How did you feel when she gave you the book? Did you feel like you yeah. needed it? Oh, yeah. yeah. She knew one of my husbands. This was the second husband. <laughs> and she knew, you know, she had been down that road. Yeah. So she knew. I mean, that was really the most helpful book I ever read. I didn't get the message that the student wasn't ready when the teacher uh -huh. appeared until much later, until a lot of actually putting myself away in a rehab for 30 days, learning not to be codependent. But it was really for people who were drug addicts and alcoholics. But I needed, I got myself in a bad situation. And I said, I need help. This is ridiculous. Well, how amazing that you recognized that you did it. Because that doesn't happen all the time. Well, that's true. But it's hard. It's a, it's a hard one. Um, being codependent because you think you're being a good person and I understand oh that's okay oh you want to treat me like that and then be mean to the children oh that's right tomorrow be better oh. everything was tomorrow be better and I understand 
so you think you're being a good person. And I think my ego was so big that I thought, oh, they're so unhappy. That's why they drink. But if I love them, they'll be fine, you know. You and constantly want to fill that void. Yeah. And it's, 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 you know, it's impossible for any person to do that. Absolutely. You know? Do you think some of that might have been formed based on because of being a foster child? It could very well be, and maybe my love for working with children, and I, I mean, every child I see on the street, I want to stop and say, are you okay? Do you need anything? I mean, and then they go, hey, weren't you an airplane? <laughs> that's right, that's right. Exactly. Exactly. No, but I really, I can't, I can't walk by a child without this. I can see And sometimes that. I can, I even see babies look at me <laughs> like they recognize another baby. You know? oh, that's great. It just, um, I don't know, I, I, I love them and I remember one time in therapy the therapist said, you think you're a good person, don't you? And I said, well, I try to be. <laughs> she said, all those children that you want to make sure are okay, they just represent you. And I thought, well, Okay, but I'm still trying to be good. Still trying to be good. <laughs> Am I still allowed to be good? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> well, I think it's also remarkable that you were able to take obviously very difficult experiences and put together a book that that pulls the positives and and can help point people in the right direction. Hopefully, you know, I, I get comments from people that are like that. Thank you. I mean, even if it's a relationship with a friend. Or, or a partner, not necessarily a husband or a wife. But um, that m makes me feel it, it was worth naming it, my four Hollywood husband. And then what's what's weaving through the story is my love story with Roger. Yes. And that is, I, what was great, when it, when it switched to my four Hollywood husbands, I had to rewrite it and, and give it a different bent. And Roger at the time was going through radiation in uh, L.A. And I was at the... I never look at a blank, a blank pray, a page. You know, I just... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and he finally is a hey, just like I talk. You know, I just... Blah, blah, blah. And, and he has to come and drag me. He says, you got to eat now. you got to take a break. But he got to read each page as I redid it with the love story that I had for him. And, oh, that had and, to be so special. Well, it was for me because he got to see it in writing. That's pretty special when it's down on paper. Yeah. yeah. So well, I want to go back a little bit. You want to no, continue on this? You go right ahead. Well, I'm curious what, where you're going to take us. So am I. <laughs> so am I. Where am I going to go? I'm okay. more curious. <laughs> well, I want to get back to with the things that I'm fanning out about with you and go back to kind of some of the TV. So one of the things that I had read is that you almost were Mrs. Brady. <laughs> I was You Mrs. were Brady. Mrs. Brady. I, I signed a seven-year contract right. to be Mrs. Brady. And the Friday before shooting Monday, all the little girls were chosen to look like me. And I went in Friday to show the wardrobe. For two weeks, a limousine arrived at the front door. All the neighbors looked out their window. And I got in the limousine, drove off, went to all the best shops in Beverly Hills, was completely wardrobed for the show. And it was very, I had to lose five pounds. They said that I needed to lose five pounds, which hurt my feelings but they were right especially for television so there's a lady named Louise Long 
And Jane Fonda happened to be there. Sorry, Jane, if you don't want people to know, but anyway, you were there with me. <laughs> and we get beaten up by this big lady would beat the hell out of you. You were black and blue. And then she put these little things on your body that went, you know, you must, you went, and you could only eat scrambled eggs and tomatoes. That was it. And I, I lost five pounds, and I was really sore. But anyway, so I did everything they asked. Then I'm showing them the wardrobe, and I came out, and I said, now this is the dress she wears for the wedding, the garden wedding. And the producer, Sherwood Schwartz, and the director were sitting there, and they went, hmm? Like, well, they like it, I guess. And I walked back, and I said, and this is a going-away suit she wears. And I came out, hmm? And I thought, this is weird. Usually they say, I try a scarf. What about different earrings? I don't like the shoes. You know, do you have another suit? Nothing. The third outfit I put on, I came out. And I sat down. I, I mean, didn't sit there. Yeah. He says, is something wrong? And they said, sit down. Oh. And I said, what is it? They said, Marty Starger. Never forget his name. Marty Starger at ABC in New York wants Florence Henderson to do it. She just became available. He thinks you look too young, and Florence has just got off a big movie, and blah, 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 blah. And we're trying to convince him that if she does it, it'll be the Donna Reed show. If you do it the way we wrote it, it's the Lucy show. And if you don't do it, then we have to change the housekeeper, because she was a straight person to your funny. And we're working on it. Trust me, we are on the phones, and we'll know tonight. What do you say? Okay. Marty. Right? Okay. So, Damn do you Marty. know that? You know, I never right? liked Marty. I never well, liked but Marty. I did get a lead in a series that he did later. Well, eventually I liked Marty. <laughs> oh, Marty redeemed himself. <laughs> right. But you know how sweet Sherwood Schwartz was who did Gilligan's Island? He did Island? Gilligan's Island, yeah. He came to the house to tell me. Oh. He did not call. And he was... He he was so sad about it because that's not the show he wrote. So they right. had to, he, he had a, a vision, yeah. and you were part of that vision. Exactly. And he said, no matter what show, the next show I do, you will be in. And I said, that's nice. And I've always I've always felt that if you don't get something, it's because you wasn't meant to be. I'm a big believer in that. And I also. Um, it, it turned out to be great for everybody. And Florence is a sweet, wonderful lady. She was. And uh, it was. It turned out great. And then the next show that Sherwood did was called Big John, Little John, that I did with Herb Edelman, which played in England on the young off. And um, it was more of a children's Saturday show. But he put me in a... And you know what they gave me? Because I had the seven-year contract, <laughs> they gave me the going-away suit. <laughs> I thought that did was they, very appropriate. Did they pay you? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> but you got a suit, Florence, so it's not really yeah, a contract, a right? <laughs> I got a suit. But Florence and I had the same agent. Oh. You, you know, that happens a lot. I mean, at my lowly state in our industry, I have, I have known where... where local TV talent gets replaced by someone who's represented by the same person. It's just, it's kind of a cutthroat, nasty part of the business. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. really, uh, it's, yeah, it's not pleasant. Uh, when I was, uh, we were having a brunch to plan the Tools for Tomorrow event. Yeah. 
and I got to be uh, in your office, yeah. and you have uh, a lot of great photographs uh, just up on the wall, which I took pictures of. I hope you, you don't did. mind. Oh yeah, I was like, did I, you? Uh, you're, I'm gonna sue your ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't see any of those pictures. <laughs> Well, there's a you know there's great pictures Next of you on the cover of TV Guide, but there's a lot, you did an awful lot of theater, and I would assume that a lot of that was was overlapping. You did theater and television. Which did you prefer doing? And I feel like it's theater. It is. Yeah, and uh, and you wrote a kind of an autobiography, uh, autobiographical play, didn't you? I did. Did you? What oh, was? Oh, 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 I did too. Life upon yeah, the I, wicked. You're right, I did. <laughs> Let me tell me. you what you did in your career. <laughs> Thank you. I am, I am amazed sometimes. <laughs> you were amazing. No, I look and I say, I did that? I don't think I did, I don't think I did kill deer and that keeps showing up and I don't remember it at all. No. <laughs> but I'll be watching television at night if I can't sleep, turn it on a minute and I go, I'm having deja vu. I, I have been in that room before, you know. And then I come walking into the room. <laughs> oh, there's me. That's got to be so kind of odd. It is odd. Not expecting to see yourself no, come across the... and I don't remember any of the plot or anything. <laughs> well, they must have all worked out because you kept getting work. Well, I kept getting stead alive, too. <laughs> didn't, didn't get killed, you know. What, so why, why was... Why is theater your preference? The well, like being with you here, I it's the, it's the feedback from the audience, and that just boys like I'm doing the right thing, you know, you know right away. Uh, oh, that worked, or that time you didn't work that night. I'm try. It's always an adventure. Yeah, when the you immediate watch. feedback. Oh yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's terrific. That's what I loved when I worked in the ER at uh, Eisenhower. Um, and and I was a volunteer. You know, I don't hear very well. And um, the first day I was very proud because I had a, a blue blazer on and I had my white slacks and my badge and everything. <laughs> I could push a button and walk in. I didn't have to check in with anyone. And, and the immediate gratification was that people coming in who were frightened, if you just held their hand a minute and said, tell me about yourself and not to worry. And, and you could see the blood pressure just go down like that. And it, that's immediate gratification. And you get that with an audience. But the reason I brought up not hearing, he <laughs> brought to mind the very first day in my beautiful blazer and badge, I walked into this elderly lady, probably younger than I am, <laughs> and I, I said... Uh, is there anything that I could get for you? Would you like another pillow, a blanket, orange juice, anything? She said, I need you to pay my bill. <laughs> and I said, oh, I'm, I am so terribly sorry, but I can't pay your bill. She said, what? I said, I need a pain pill. <laughs> so that was my first day. It, it was downhill from there. <laughs> it really was. You You've done an awful lot of philanthropic work yes. here in the Valley and obviously in Colorado, founding the center that you founded. But talk a little bit about the work, Tools for Tomorrow, which we oh, worked on together. Which we're doing. We're, we talk are doing, about yes. about doing philanthropic work. Thank you very much, Patrick. Well, thank you for you throwing do. a song at me that I don't know. <laughs> thank God. We not, don't have to hear only, Summer Wind again? Not only a song that I don't know, but it's not the easiest tune in what the world. It's just like, and I got to come in the middle. Like, it's gonna, He'll be great. We'll be you fine. Always but you do incredible things 
for people in the valley and all the charities. I just love you, Patrick. Oh, oh, well, the feeling is mutual. Here's <laughs> next week's co-host. Actually, Joyce was. Joyce was. Yes, I'm sure you're good. Too. <laughs> I'm sure you're good too, Randy. <laughs> Joyce is too busy to be the co-host. Otherwise, <laughs> you would have already asked. Yes, you would have. Right. You would have been the guest, Randy. It would have been nice. <laughs> Joyce did get mad at me once, though. I did. What did you do? I mean, it was faux mad, but so uh, Joyce was coming. In fact, I think it was with Gavin McLeod. And you guys were coming on Eye on the Desert maybe to talk about the play, but I don't think so. I think it was before that. Uh-huh. But Joyce walked in with her husband, Roger Perry. And Roger was a guest star in one of the greatest Star Trek episodes ever made. And Joyce has already dropped two Star Trek things because Marriott Hartley was also a yeah, guest star. That. Uh, but so I was just immediately enthralled and I run over and I'm just yammering, you know, and Roger's just like, seriously, it was one episode, like, like, <laughs> just like, uh, really. And finally, Joyce tapped me on the shoulder. She goes, I think I'm here to be the guest. <laughs> I wasn't mad. I just wanted to put you straight. <laughs> you were, you were on television at a time when. A lot of people were crossing over to shows, different shows. Everybody was on the love boat at some point or another. And, and, I wasn't. And gave everybody but you. But <laughs> almost everybody you've mentioned today at one point was on the love boat. You never did a love boat? Uh, I was asked to, but I was too busy doing another show. So Helen Reddy did it. Well, thank goodness it wasn't Florence Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the other things that a lot of folks in TV at that point were doing were game shows. Really? And you were on a They n- did? Yes. Can you believe it? I don't know if you know, but you were on the match game. Oh, I think I remember I that one. So what was it Please like? tell me that Gene Rayburn was a great guy. Yes. Because I really always wanted to grow up to be Gene Rayburn. Uh, oh, well... No, he wasn't a great guy. (laughs) No, Gene was his own special person. (laughs) (laughs) I think that says everything. All right, Charles Nelson Riley. Love Charles. Oh, my God. Talk about talent and timing and funny. The the dinner hour was hysterical. I mean, he he just was on a roll every night. When you guys were doing shows like that, uh, were you... you did you have writers feeding you, or were you guys... No, and that's what made it so good. Because yeah, it's brilliant. It, so with, with um, Hollywood Squares, they're given lines. You know, a lot of the game shows are given lines. But that's what was so good, because it was the impromptu, you know, the things came out of your mouth that shouldn't have, especially mine. And, uh, <laughs> well, it's something inappropriate is just funnier coming out of it with that yeah. soft, sweet, <laughs> angelic what, voice. Betty White said, when I tell a naughty joke, it sounds like a nursery rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> so I get to tell a lot of naughty jokes. <laughs> you were on what I believe is one of the most unappreciated comedies in the history of television. Love thy neighbor. Just shoot me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But I can go back to Love My Neighbor. Oh, God, I love doing that show, Love My Neighbor. And and it was fun doing Just Shoot Me, and had it continued, I would have been on it. Yeah, it was such a great show, and there were some really good people on that. David Spade, was it? George Siegel? George Siegel was the, yeah, the the publisher of the magazine. Yeah. That was a great show. Yeah, Yeah. that was fun. It was, you know, I hadn't done television for a while when I did it. Things had changed so much. I remember 
at the end of a scene, they said, okay, hit the rails. And I said, hit the rails? <laughs> we going to church to pray? What are we doing? <laughs> are we catching and, a train? What's the story? So there were all of the writers slash producers lined up at the bottom of the bleachers where the rail, there was a railing. And you would go to each one, and they'd each give you a note. Now, from the theater... I was brought up that the director's word is God. You don't listen to anybody. You don't listen to mother. You don't listen to friends, other actors, the director. And here were all these people, writers. One would start and say, listen, you know, when you do the line such and such, um, try this instead of the way you're doing it. Okay, you go the next one. The way you're doing that, oh God, that's the funniest way to do that. That's fabulous, you know, keep it in. (laughs) And you go down the line like that and you didn't know what to do. So I said to David Spade, what do you do? He said, you do what you want. (laughs) Okay. And you did. I did, I did. All right, now why did you immediately say love thy neighbor? It was one of my favorite shows I ever did because I got to do some physical comedy. And it was very fun. It was about a black couple and white couple living next door to each other. And Ron Masak played my husband. Ron Masak? Yeah. The sheriff from... Uh, yeah, Murder, She Wrote. Murder, She Wrote. Thank right. you, yeah. He used and to play golf with Ron in the Frank Sinatra golf tournament. Oh, yeah. He's hysterical. He is, he is funny. He, was, he doesn't stop. No, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't stop. That's <laughs> Yeah. Hey, Jenkins. You think I'm bad? Oh, boy. I don't get a word in edgewise. But, uh, and Janet McLaughlin and Harrison Page played the, the black couple. And it was all like all in the family. It was all very racial. I don't know if it would go today because we even did a minstrel show. Oh. So I don't think it would. No, all in the not. family. They, could, they couldn't was, do all in the um, family or the Jeffersons today. But there was one scene where they're coming for dinner and he says, honey, I brought a watermelon for dessert. And I said, oh no, you can't do that. So, And I've got a long hostess dress on and I have to do the whole show with the watermelon stuck between my legs. <laughs> but I mean, I lo- it was great kind of humor. And um, what is his name? Uh, uh, oh, sorry, I hate to, I can look. Hal Cooper was the director. And it was just, it was number three in the nation. And they took it off, and there was a whole article in Newsweek about it. They took it off because Julie Harris, one of my all-time favorite actresses, was coming on to do a show called Over the Pickle Factory. That show bombed, and they put us back on. It was ABC, and, and it was Marty Starga who cast me in that. He cast me and the lead in that one. But it was um, at ABC, the joke, they, we came back on. They didn't, they didn't give a new Tom slot. They didn't do any PR. They, they switched everything. And, and so it, you had lost your audience. Yeah. And at the time, the joke was, if you want to get rid of the Vietnam War, put it on ABC. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke because you, the, the shows were, you couldn't find out where to look for what you so wanted. So what year, what year was, on, was that on television? That was about, seven, I have to go by children's ages, 72, 73, and then there. Back when television could be edgy. Yes, when you were allowed to be. Yeah. yeah. You can't, can't do that stuff anymore. No. So I want to ask you something um, about acting, uh, kind of a mechanical question. Okay. 
How easy was it for you to memorize lines? It is very easy, including now, thank heavens. Um, I just get into the, the character, and I memorize lines by learning one page, and when I've learned that page, I go to the next page, learn that one, and then go back and do the first and second page, and the third one, then I do the first, second, and third page. But I don't know why. It, it, it's easy. With my dyslexia, um, I've had to learn different coping skills uh, for that. Such as? Um, well, I read very slowly, but then I, if I, if with dyslexia, uh, you learn the best by a multi-sensory approach, which just means say it, do it, feel it, be it. And because I've had to do that, um, it's what you do when you're acting. And it's kind of moment to moment, you know. I always, when I've lectured about dyslexia at the different schools and colleges across the country, I always say, teach the children drama. Because it means something. They're not just black letters on a white page. They have meaning. And once you have meaning, it means something. You can connect it all together. Yeah. And that's why I was so good, I think, on Password. I won Celebrity Password because <laughs> it's mnemonics. I have to think of one word to get to another. So what could be better than doing Password? Yeah. Yeah. Who was the host of the, the version you were on? Password. Alan, Alan, Alan Ludden. Ludden. And yeah. we did a play together. We did Critics' Betty Choice. White's husband. Yeah. Yeah. We did Critics' Choice together. I didn't even know he was an actor. Alan Ludd. <laughs> I think apparently he was. <laughs> apparently he wasn't. I think it's uh, maybe. So he was a great game show host, huh? Is this on a slam? <laughs> or my, it, the, it's the wallpaper. It makes you feel very weird here. <laughs> so what you're saying is an actor, he was a wonderful game show host. He, yes. Wonderful. He was. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, talk about uh, your kids. Oh, I love my kids. First of all, I have three that I birthed, and then a whole bunch, seven, <laughs> that I got from these wonderful husbands. And we are like the United Nations of families. We're all very close. We celebrate holidays together, birthdays mm. together, the Super Bowl together, everything. Um, and my son, Charlie MacArthur, is a uh, professional ski uh, instructor and goes all over the world teaching other instructors how to teach and also has the Aspen Kayak Academy and he teaches kayaking and he does some pretty dangerous things that I don't even like to know about <laughs> you don't want to know <laughs> um, some and of then, your kids went into showbiz uh, only one and John. Mary, Mary John John Asher is a writer producer director actor and he and had some success. He's, yes, he has. And he's at home now at his edit bay at home. He has a whole edit bay where he's editing his new movie. And um, that should be exciting. It's a, different, it's a departure for him. It's a love story. And uh, he's been showing me some of the scenes are pretty hot. Ooh. <laughs> are you going to be cast I did, in it? I did a cameo in it. Really? Yeah. Just fun. I love being directed by him, but that's the most nervous I am because I don't want to mess up. <laughs> you might have to move back into the house. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and, and Mary has two beautiful 
grown children, and uh, she really wanted to be a mom, and she's been the best. And then she's done some interior design work, and uh, she's just about done every job you can have in Aspen. (laughs) I want to finish up here in our last few minutes by talking about something that was really special to me, and that was the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Yeah. Can you just talk about the experience of being around those amazing people? What was the most amazing about that show was the writers. Yeah. They were, I mean, you, you'd read a script and it was perfect, but you'd come back the next day and it was shining more perfect. They never stopped working on their scripts. And uh, the cast, of course, was fabulous. Everybody was great and wonderful to work with. Uh, it was just a great environment. And did you know right then this is something special? I didn't. It was already special, I think, by the time I got by on. Yeah. yeah. And um, it was it was just wonderful. I was cast because I'd done a show on the first Bill Cosby show uh, where he played a basketball coach. And I played a school guidance counselor. And uh, Ed Weinberg wrote the episode I did. And um, he wanted me for the show, for that, from that episode. That was an amazing show, and you had an amazing character on it. It was really, really a lot of fun she to was watch. Fun. Yeah. I was, I was kind of straight. I couldn't be on it all the time because I was doing the Cosby Show and Love Thy Neighbor, and doing that. So I think they got Georgette uh, to be Ted's wife um, because they needed that the husband-wife thing. Yeah. What was it like being on set with Ted Baxter? He was hysterical. <laughs> Not only that, he lived across the street from me. Really? And we played tennis together. <laughs> I, I tell you, I couldn't return his serves. Not because he was a good tennis server, but because of the wind-up he did. <laughs> <laughs> can you see Ted Knight doing I can see that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so funny. He's, you know, I mean, what a gifted comedic actor. But you watch him on the Mary Tyler Moore show, and he so embodied that character. And I've known a few anchor people who are exactly <laughs> like that. <laughs> it, like, Care to share any names? No, no, Current absolutely names? no, no, no. I wouldn't ever. Um, <laughs> I haven't had nearly enough Jack Daniels for that. Uh, but As it's really an anchor, funny they're a the great guest game show host. But you watch that show, and you think this is so absurd. It's just ridiculous. And then you're in a newsroom, like, wow, it's not that absurd. Absurd at all, <laughs> but he, then he well, was he, so good in Caddyshack. I mean, he's oh, just one of the the, the great moments. The so foil fun. to Rodney Dangerfield in that movie. <laughs> well, that hat looked good on you. <laughs> You're gonna pull a soup with that. Well, you know, I because I go off the show and come back. Everybody seemed to become more of their characters as I came back in person. You know, really. Was, and and Ted, I remember I came back and he said, "Hello, George." <laughs> I said. Ted? <laughs> he said, uh, listen, uh, they redid my dressing room. Would you like to look at what they did? You know, they did a good job. <laughs> I mean, he was just, uh, sure. <laughs> like, is this in the script? What's going on? No, no. I mean, it was really funny. <laughs> and I also thought it was remarkable how they took Ed Asner's character and then turned him into a very serious journalism character. A- after the Mary Tyler Moore show. Oh, right, yes. Yeah. That's funny. Like, yeah, it was a really interesting, because like, he was such a comedic, I've had news directors like him too, uh, but <laughs> care to name any? No. Current? He was naughty as he got older. <laughs> Very naughty. 
<laughs> we did, uh, Gavin and Ted and I did um, something at the Disney Ranch here for a whole group of, of fans. Uh, <laughs> he had to be, we had to do this. No, So what brought you to the desert? Uh, well, living in Colorado, Roger and I sometimes would want to get warm in the middle of the winter and we'd come here and we, we rent, would rent for a while and then go back. And um, we did that several times and then Roger had a spill on the ice once and I was getting nervous about mm. that. And I said, why don't we just move there? And I remember we, we bought something in Marrakech and... Um, Roger was in charge of making sure that the golf course was okay, that we weren't going to get golf balls. He was a golfer. And the first day, so we got this house, and the first day, the first morning, I said, oh, honey, we just think where it's warm. We can have our coffee out on the patio and just be in our pajamas. And And I said, so I'm going to get a coffee ready, and I have my coffee, and I opened the shutters, and I went, go back! (laughs) the shutters. We were on the first green. I mean, the, 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 the you know, the send-off. The tee box. Yes. Yeah. We so were, all the golfers were right there. They were right. I mean, Staring I at you. I would have had to say, you care for a cup of coffee? You know? Well, you wouldn't get golf balls in the patio that way. They're going the other direction. I mean, he chose well. He chose well, but he but didn't realize it well, Bob. Thing. Not and much privacy, were, but... Not at all. And so eventually you started putting on clothes before you opened... No, we put it on the market. (laughs) (laughs) We did. So that's how we got here. That's awesome. We love having you here in this desert. It's fantastic. And loved having you here on this show today. Well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. You know, I don't like it on the news now when people are there and they're guests and they say, thank you for having me. <laughs> well, say, what does that mean? Thank you for having me. You know? so I well, say, I was going to say thanks for being here, but thanks for I being said, here. <laughs> perhaps more appropriate. Thank I you. should say welcome. <laughs> I was going to say thank you for inviting me. You are always invited. Thank yes. you so thank much. You. Uh, just a what a delightful way to spend a podcast. Thank you. Thank you. So thank many you. great stories. You, and please pick up Joyce's book, My Four Hollywood Husbands. <laughs> Because it's a great book, and it, it's full of good life lessons, and it is a heartfelt tale as There's well. There's some important stuff in there. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. And Thank I you. look forward to hanging out with you at Tools for Tomorrow, and oh, whenever we can yes, hang out. Yes, absolutely. And at the uh, Steinway Society. That's right. Yes. at the <laughs> Yes. And we have to cook dinner for people for that one. You're going to cook dinner, I heard. <laughs> I'm just showing up and eating. <laughs> That's the best gig in town. Yeah. Holy cow. I got to talk to Phyllis about it. The deal gets worse and worse all the time. Now, this has been an absolute delight. Joyce Bullifant, our guest, and, of course, my co-host, Randy Florence. Welcome, Randy. John McMullen, our producer. And Welcome. Yeah, yeah. A rogues gallery of guests here today just came in to check out the podcast. And so. I don't want to tell Skip that every guest in the bar was here to see the podcast. Very briefly, that yeah. was true. Now there are other patrons, but uh, we, we're we a real draw. We are. I mean, for, you know, a middle of the afternoon. 
We got Joyce here. We got Joyce here, so that's the most important. Thanks for joining us on this edition of Big Conversations Little Bar, and keep it tuned to your favorite podcast platform. We'll have another episode out very soon. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Big Conversations Little Bar. Recorded on location at Skip Page's Little Bar in Palm Desert, California, the center of the Coachella Valley universe. This program is a production of the Mutual Broadcasting System. All episodes are available from BigConversationsLittleBar.com or from most major podcast portals, including Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Music.